Welcome to episode 7. I got my boy Ben Ryan on here with me today. Feeling free with Harry G. How you feeling, Ben? Feeling good today. Feeling good today. Finally got this thing rolling. Third time for y'all. <laughs> Fourth, really. <laughs> <laughs> we can start off with the usual. Describe who you are. Describe who I am as a What is something that people seem to misunderstand about you? I have no clue. I don't know what people <laughs> think about me uh, or misunderstand about me. I'm pretty straightforward, uh, pretty blunt. Um, I don't think it's too hard to understand who I am or what I'm about generally. This is it. This is the third question. This is the deciding one if something's going to screw up and we got to start over again. So don't touch the table or anything. <laughs> Right, hands off. <laughs> I don't know what do I do with these. <laughs> How has life been going for you lately? Talk about some good things going some good things you have going on. Good things I have going on. Life's been really great for me. Um, nothing but blessings. Uh, I recently moved to Washington State which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, where I live is right outside of a temperate rainforest. There's only seven temperate rain- rainforests in the world. Um, and so I- I'm blessed to live right next to one. Uh, all kind of hikes and different uh, scenic things to do there, glacier, lakes. Um, it's a really beautiful place. And, uh, you know, having worked in Alaska, it, it kind of reminds me of Alaska sometimes when on clear days I can look across the sound and see the Olympic mountains you mm. know snow covered mountains huge fucking mountains that make you feel like nothing <laughs> you know and so I'm blessed with that um, I, I recently had a daughter um, you know I'm, I'm here getting to spend time with my mom that means a lot to me, so, so I, I, I have a lot going for me that's real good. I don't think good. I generally ever have too much that's that bad. I think bad is a perception right. that, that we make. Right. Now we're going to get into some family stuff. Describe yeah. what life was like for you growing up. Life for me growing up. I lived in Eden Isles, representing the EI. <laughs> um, you know, middle class. My dad was a federal drug enforcement agent. Uh, my mom worked a, a, an array of different jobs, and including owning her own uh, construction business, more or less. Mm. 
so she's a badass. But, uh, it was from the outside, looked real normal. Um, but I think late, and, and to me, to me and my brother was normal. It was, it was what we grew up with, mm. you know, so that was our bubble. And, uh, we didn't live in other people's bubbles, so we, we didn't know anything different. Um, we didn't have a horrible childhood. We, we never wanted for anything. We had food in our mouths. We had a roof over our head, um, and clothes on our backs. But, uh, we grew up in a household with a lot of drinking. And, uh, that led to, uh, neglect in, in, in certain ways and, and just, uh, arguing and fights and, and just a lot of craziness that goes with, with, uh, what I would call alcoholism, mm. um, you know, and it's, it's things that, that kids, I think, shouldn't have to deal with, right. you know, growing up, and, and there's a lot more innocence that can be had than growing up that way. But it was cool, we had a canal, that was dope, we got to <laughs> swim a lot. <laughs> What's the biggest lesson that you learned from your mother? Fuck, man, hard work, without a doubt, my work mm. ethic. Um, you know, I'll, I'll always be the first person there. I'll be 10 minutes early to work, and I'll, I'll volunteer to be the last person. Um, sometimes I'll feel like the work ethic I picked up from her borderlines. Uh, unhealthy because mm. I think sometimes I dedicate too much and, and give too much loyalty yeah. and, and uh, I think there's a there's a yin and a yang to everything in life and there's a balance and, and boundaries is something that's hard for me putting boundaries out there I, I, it's really uncomfortable uncomfortable mm. for me so it's like my boss wants something of me I feel like you know this is where my money comes from this is where my, my food comes from my, my security so yeah. like you know don't 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 shake the boat. Don't rock the boat. Oh. And so I think sometimes uh, that's led me to stay at jobs where I had no ability to progress for longer than I should have. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> but altogether, she taught me a strong work ethic. You know, like I said, she she owned her own new construction cleaning business, and that was back when I was like 12 years old. That was my first job. Was being out in like 100 degree weather uh, hauling brick and everything that comes with building a house oh you know mortar brick uh, wood nails on you know whatever we had to clean the whole yard when a house got built we had to clean the inside the windows all the paint plaster that's on make them fucking look like a bird can fly into them you know so (laughs) That was us, and, and that was actually, uh, it's a really hard and it's a really involved job in, in Louisiana where it's 100 right. fucking degrees 80% of the year. Mm. <laughs> it sucks. So, uh, she taught me hard work from a, from a young age, man, and that's something I, I really appreciate. And what's the biggest lesson that you learned from your father? to say probably uh, dedication and, and the 
sense of follow through. Mm. Um, I learned that lesson from him, but I don't practice it well. Yeah. You know, it's like it's probably the best thing I learned from him is that you know, as a man, you, you put your word to something and, and your word is bond, so you, you follow through. Uh-huh. Whatever it is, you know, and, and for instance, when I was younger, if I didn't like a sport I started or something, uh, it'd be like that's fine. You don't have to do it, but you're gonna finish this season that you that you started. Right. You know, so things like that. Um, and I, that's one of my personal character defects is, is that I, I have a problem following through with things. Oh. So, but it's a good lesson. Good lesson. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it, Pops. Describe your relationship with your parents today. Today it's great. I love uh, I love my relationship with my parents. Um, my mom and me. Uh, she, she's she's my she's who I trust to always go to if I need something, whatever I need. Uh-huh. And a lot of times that involves just talking, because uh, she she has the ability with me personally. I feel like to be um, pretty biased, and whenever she or unbiased, and whenever she starts to get into a biased way, she'll kind of catch it and even tell me like, oh, mm-hmm. "Maybe you should go to somebody else." Right. So uh, I really enjoy the connection with my mom, and, and uh, you know, like I was telling you earlier, she. She got told she's got four to eight months to live. And so for me, the hardest part of that is, like, knowing that at some point I'm going to lose that person. Mm-hmm. That person that I feel most comfortable following through. And that's, like, right. that's hard, man. That's a scary. It's, that's scary. The, the, the thought of her dying doesn't hurt. It's the right. thought of never being able to reach her again. That, that's very, you know. Um, it's crazy that uh, earlier when I asked you about um, about how you grew up, and the two next questions I had was, did you grow up in a stable household, and were you financially, um, were y'all well off financially, or was it sometimes a struggle? And you answered both of those questions in that one question I asked, and then what you just said about your mom. My very next question was about, I know your mom was diagnosed with cancer, yeah. and it has affected you deeply. Yeah. And I was going to say, could you give a little insight on the effects this, that it has had on you? It's, it's crazy, dude. It's, it's a fucking game, and it's a sick game. And it's, it's the medical system we have. It's overloaded, and, and people are just a number. Uh-huh. And it's wild, dude, because she's, like, sitting here having these fucking terrible side effects from cancer. Her nails are falling out. Her skin's falling off. Her, her lips are cracked. She can't barely eat anything because everything hurts the cracks in her tongues and all sorts of, you know, uh, all, the, all the stomach issues that come with it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to keep it a little vague. But all the stomach vague issues and, and the, the sickness. Um. She's going through all that, dude, and she's still got to be on the phone 24-7 making sure these doctors are accountable, making sure they're sharing the information between each other like they're supposed to be doing. Mm. She emails about some uh, blood work that she needs a copy of, and she doesn't hear anything back for weeks. 
you know, and, it, and it's like she slips through the cracks in, in chemo treatment. She went fucking like 15 weeks without chemo at one point or something like that. Just wild. Mm. And, and it, it's hard. It's hard because she's so strong that she and she's so at peace with what it is that she wakes up and lives her life like regular every day. That's awesome. It's wild, wild, bro. It's wild. I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing half the fucking bullshit that she's had to put herself through. Right. And and it's, you know, and that's what I tell her anytime. I've always told her just, because she she likes to protect me. I'm the baby. I'm I'm the Mm. youngest. So she likes to protect me. She knows I got a lot of feelings. And and so from the jump, I told her, you know, always be honest with me about what's going on with your cancer. I want to know. I don't want to be slapped in the face after having all this hope one day out of nowhere. And so, uh, she, uh, she's honest with me, you know what, Lord, she's honest with me, and, um, it's, it's hard, it's like a grieving process, it's like you know, you know the, the end is coming, right. and it's so weird, because it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. I see her every day. She's like, yeah, she's weak and she's slow and she looks pretty, you know, skeletal like, uh-huh. you know, some days. But for the most part, she's cracking jokes and talking and ribbing and, and, and just, you know. Just making the most of it. Yeah, 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 just being her. And so it's like when you get news like four to eight months, you look at it and you're like, there's no fucking way. Right. You know? But at the same time, for me personally, like, I've asked her to be straightforward. That way I can grieve, you know, every time, mm. kind of slowly. That way at the end, it's not it's not some big event. Right. You know, at the end, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more manageable. But it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard watching uh, somebody that you love die. And I think you know, you know a little bit about that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because your, your dad, your father died in a yeah. similar fashion. Not cancer, but something else, huh? No, no, no. He had an infection with his kidney. That's well, he was on dialysis from like, yeah. for years. Yeah, um, man. It's tough. It's but tough. But even then, I mean, it was that was still like kind of unexpected. Really? Yeah. See, see, and that's wild. That's the, that's, the, that's the thing where I try to always look for like the positive in my experience as opposed to others, and it's like, for you, you didn't right. have, you, yours was like that, right? and it's like, here, I'm getting a chance to make sure I got a three-week vacation back home to talk to her and do puzzles with her and hang out, and, you right. know, I have that opportunity. Yeah, like, we thought he was gonna, he was gonna get out fine, but it was like a turn of events. Dang, that's fucked. It sucks, bro. Now we're going to get into some love and fatherhood conversation. Love and fatherhood. You recently became a father in the last few months. Yeah. <laughs> How has that been for you so far? It's the dopest. It's so fucking cool, bro. <laughs> I can't, like, I look at her and I can't believe that I had a hand in making something so fucking perfect. <laughs> it's, it's so cool, man. And she's like, I was here, I was heard that you get your karma through your kids. Oh. Uh-huh. And like, 
so far she sucks the titty and <laughs> sleeps and and like smiles and talks and like barely ever fusses. Barely ever. Um, she goes through a growth spurt, fusses a few days. After that, she's fine. So I'm just like sitting here like, this is where all my good karma's at. It's not in the lottery. It's in the kids I'm going to produce. <laughs> I agree. I she's agree with great. you. She's great. You saw a video earlier. Yeah. Dude. She's amazing. Yeah. She, dude, she, I literally, I'll sit with her and I'll just keep her like balanced. And I'll make her do squats. Mm. My child can squat already. It doesn't even know how to crawl. The child doesn't even know how to cry, but it can squat. <laughs> I bet if I strapped a five-pound weight to his, his, his head or something. She's going to be in the gym squat. with you later. She can do it. Oh, dude. And she's so good. Tummy time? Nothing, bro. Talking neck muscles. <laughs> not crying, not nothing. I'm sitting there playing DMX in the background. <clears throat> what they really want. She's sitting there just fucking lifting her neck. Let's get it, daddy. <laughs> you know? She works. We work We work well together. We're a good team already. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> what name did you go with? Magnolia Simone Ryan. Um, so, the whole pregnancy, we didn't know the sex of the... Oh! Didn't have it. We got it. So the whole, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> the whole pregnancy, we didn't know the sex. So she was thinking it was a boy, and I just, I had a feeling that I was having a girl. Oh. And so we were deciding names, and we more or less were like, okay, well. I get to pick the girl name since I think it's a girl, and you get to pick the boy name since you think it's a boy. Mm. Within reason, you know, we got to agree together. Right. And she she kept going with Simone. She really liked the name Simone, and I wasn't against it, but I felt like everything we kept coming up with for middle names Mm. was, like, reaching. Like, Simone is pretty cool, and... Kind of sophisticated, got a nice ring to it, <laughs> but it's like, it's like I'm trying to name her like something too. I'm trying to do too much. I'm trying uh-huh. to be too extra. You yeah, know? nothing, nothing fit right without <laughs> without feeling like I was trying to be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and so, so one day I was thinking about uh, back home. I was feeling homesick, and me and her were riding bikes. Me and my old lady were riding bikes around town, and uh. We stopped at one point, and uh, I asked her, I said, well, what do you think about magnolia? Because the white magnolia is the, is the state flower. Mm. It's my favorite tree from where I'm from. And, uh, you know, also it keeps me connected to where I'm from, New Orleans, right. Nolia. Right. I call her Nolia. You know, and that's like me. And right. That's my little thing. That's my oh. everybody mainly. Everybody goes to everybody goes to uh, Maggie. You know, mm. it's it's easy and it's more it's more regular. But uh, I I like to call her Noya, and it's kind of like a little yeah, a little ode to where I'm from. <laughs> you know, so it's cool, man. I live way the fuck. I live 2,500 miles away. I gotta I gotta have a piece of me somewhere. You know, <laughs> right? You do. That's it.
Now that you're a father yourself, I have to ask you, what is the best thing and the worst thing that a parent can do when raising a child? Holy fuck, bro. I've been a, I've been a parent for like less than two months. I, I'm not qualified to answer that. <laughs> I mean lessons that you can teach them. Oh, when you grow oh. up and you say, damn, I wish my parents would have done that. Or I thank oh. my parents for doing this. I don't think there's necessarily lessons, but things that I would do, like, my parents never, like, sat down and did my schoolwork with me. Mm. And I hear, like, other people that have parents that did. And I think I possibly would have been more invested in school, Mm. you know, which, that's all speculation. But that's something that I plan to do different, um... Since she was born, I make waffles in our little Belgian waffle press every right. Sunday. And uh, and then after we get done eating waffles, we look around on a on an app for trails. Mm-hmm. And we pick a place to go adventure. And we go adventure. That's that's a weekly thing. Yeah. That's our <laughs> weekly thing. That's our family weekly thing. The rest of the week is fucking parenting together and figuring shit out and working and all the right. bullshit taking care of the property and the garden and all that and Sunday's fun day Sunday's waffle and fucking adventure that's <laughs> it I don't want to hear nothing else waffle adventure that's it definitely Sundays I would say if I did like if I didn't have a kid I would like raising them I would feel like the best thing would probably be to be to just raise them to show love which is obvious but the worst thing I would say looking back is to like teach them that everybody is wrong if they don't have the same beliefs and different yeah. things as you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I mean, like, I grew up, we grew up Catholic and then went to non-denomination, but it's been so many times where my own parents was like, oh, that person is not a good person just because they had different views. Yeah. So I felt like raising a kid, I don't want to. Those would be things like the worst thing I would view is to teach them that, like, teach them that method. So to teach that, like, you don't want to teach them discrimination. Right. More or less. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's, a, that's a thing that uh, I think is a little, with, with, with our generation, we've uh, done a lot more exploring and understanding of each other. Right. Than uh, ever before. Oh yeah, definitely. There's so many different types of things and people, and it's like depending on what you believe in. There's sex, and then there's gender. Right. You know, so there's just so many different things nowadays that it's like to to be any type of aware in this world socially. Yeah. You can't just be a closed, bigoted person. You're not gonna be able to understand anyone or anything. You'll be closed into your little box where you were born, and you'll never get out of your town, and you'll probably be the star quarterback from your high school football team until you're yeah. 40, and, you know, what, what kind of life is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, teaching love and acceptance, and, and to, for me, dude, like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the, tr- like, transgender people. Right? Because I'm not transgender. Same. I don't feel like something else. 
Right. But I also don't understand what that's like. Right. And I also don't understand what that's like in a world where everybody treats you like you're a fucking freak. Just because right. of how you feel. Right. And you just want to feel. You know, you just want you just want to be what's normal to you. And I have an opinion on it, but it's like... It's just my opinion that it? it would be, like, controversial in today's time. But, I mean, I, I feel like they are real whatever. <laughs> but that came off bad. Real whatever? No, no. What? No, like, what? What is whatever? No, like, I'm what, saying, what like, is... I, feel like, I feel like they have the right to identify it or whatever. But I don't feel that it makes it certain for them to be... I don't understand it, I guess, because I I feel like if I, tomorrow I woke up and said I was a woman, I shouldn't have the right to do everything that a woman does. But that's the thing, bro. Like, if if someone is genuinely transgender, they're not just going to wake up tomorrow and feel that way. Yeah, but a pervert would. They're, like, there's already been instances of the bathroom situation. I, I'm with you. I'm with you in a sense of like sports. I don't agree with mm-hmm. a dude changing to a woman, and they have stories about it, like right. MMA and shit, where right. it's like, oh, this, this transgender woman has won a belt in her weight class, and it and it just makes me think of the uh, the State Farm commercial where he's like, well, he's a guy, <laughs> you know, and it's like, like biologically, muscle makeup. Right. Tendons, you know, scientifically, they have the makeup of a man. Right. And, and so, that's where the whole debate about sex and gender. Sex is the science of it, the biology of it. Right. You're born a man, but your gender is how you feel. And that's that's the way... That I understand it to be explained, and that that was something I had to have explained to me. Because like before, right. I used to be like, "There's only two sexes. What are you talking yeah, about?" Yeah, you know. And I, if you if you're looking at it scientifically, yes, there's only two sexes. But if you want to broaden your 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 look at things, and you don't even that's the thing, you don't have to agree with right whatever, but to to not discriminate. To hold space and have compassion for something that you don't understand. Yeah. You know, that's that's the way of love, right? Yeah, true. So it's like, I don't understand transgender people, but I don't feel uncomfortable around them. Right. You know, I feel like they're just a person. They're doing their thing. If them or anyone else, for that case, puts their hands on me in ways that I don't agree with, like touch me or whatever. Right. You know, not saying that a transgender person would any more than anybody else, but I'm just saying, like, that's the thing. People are like, oh, they're weird. They just want to fuck people. And, just, I, you know, they just think bad because they don't understand. They fear. Right. They fear what they don't understand. And it's like, my thing, too, is like, um, it's so much, like you said, that we don't understand, but it's like a touchy topic because it's like, what if you do... I don't know, it's like, it's hard to explain, but I feel like if, say if you was in a club, and a transgender hit on you, uh, and uh. and it was like, you can tell that this is a transgender, and you say, oh, sorry, I'm not into dudes or whatever, or something. Mm, like, sorry, I'm not with it. 
like how Adam's apple. Like how are you wrong for not? How are you wrong if you were to say something like that? Because society views you would be. I think I, that's that's a broad generalization. I wouldn't say that's society's view. I say that's like social justice warrior type of views. Yeah, but I'm saying overall how they say they're transgender. If it's if they're a trans woman, they say it's a woman. So that's my point of saying if you say I'm not into that. Oh. Uh, you're saying by calling by saying like I'm not into dudes. Yeah. Well. Because technically they identify as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's what I'm saying, like about me not understanding. That and that, and that's fine. My thing would be like. That's that's not ignorant to me until they look at you and be like, "Oh well, I'm transgender. I'm a I'm a woman," and that's where you're like, you could either be like, "No, dude, you're a fucking man. You're crazy and you're a freak," or you could be like, "Okay, well, I'm not into transgender women." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's where that line kind of kind of that's that's where you tangent. That's how you got the two options, the yin and yang. But what would be the reason you're not into transgender women if they identify as a woman? I'm I'm not into women that used to be men. Yeah. I agree with that. If you're a woman that used to be a woman, I'm into that. If you're a woman that used to be a man... See, that's, that's like my whole thing about like the misunderstanding. I feel like the lessons go... The lessons go deep, but it's still so much to wear. Dude, it's just not... It's not shit that we grew up with around here. The you what? Know, the, the the transgender and the really big gay culture, even though there's, like, big gay culture in, in uh, New Orleans, you know, right. with pride and all that, um, and decadence, um, it's, it's not the, the understanding... And especially, you said you were raised Catholic. Mm. <laughs> you know, All right. I, I guarantee they weren't at church teaching you to accept transgender people. <laughs> so, so you know, it's just it's not something we were raised with. As opposed to like my girlfriend, who's from the Pacific Northwest, and like they like transgender rights and gay rights have been right. a thing there since like back back in the day, back in like the nineties, or probably more so than that. Right. It's just it's. It's, it's something that was talked about and uh, not demonized and not, like, shoved in the corner to not be talked about. Right. You know, because it's uncomfortable. And it, that's just a difference in, in where we're from. Mm. We just, we weren't experienced all that. We were experienced the fucking, like, rap and, right. you know, going crabbing and shrimping and all that shit. When it comes to your relationship... Would you say that you're in love? Very much so. Um, I love my girlfriend, my old lady, the mother of my child. Um, she's very smart, very driven. Um, she's not without her faults. But that's that's more so how I know I love her. Mm. You know, because it's like, there's been a lot of other girls with faults. Right. That, that I was just like, fuck off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm not I'm not putting up with this. This and, gotta uh, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. 
She's not without her faults, man, but but neither am I. And but it's worth it. It's worth it. The juice is worth the squeeze, and, and uh, especially we the, the birth experience when she gave birth to our daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, she is a midwife, so she did a home birth. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, like, the experience of watching her labor and push and uh-huh. go through all this fucking wild, crazy shit in our home. No pain meds, no nothing, just, just breathing. That's awesome. Just me and her, dude. Every time. Every time she would have a contraction, we'd be holding hands, looking at each other. <laughs> the whole time. Every time, dude. Fucking, it went on for about... Two and a half or three days she labored for, and uh, and finally it, it was it went wrong enough and wasn't progressing enough to where we had to transfer. She was ten centimeters dilated, so she was fully dilated. Mm. You know the baby, the baby was like reaching in, the baby was like right there, bro. And did you did it with the Wusaw Oh no, man, she was good. She was she was fucking G, bro. She was a savage. <laughs> that woman. She didn't. She didn't want to scream. She didn't want to say, "I can't. I can't do it." No, dude. <laughs> she fucking was about that. She was about it, about it, bro. Real <laughs> shit. She's in there fucking. Uh, like she wasn't screaming. No, 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 no. There, there's a couple of times she was. She would be like, uh, got kind of high pitched, but not once did she like scream at the top of the lungs. Nothing. She was just oh. fucking G, bro. Breathe through it. Push through it. But yeah, dude, and then so we're supposed to transfer to the hospital, and uh, the hospital closest to us, we called them, and they told them, they told us pretty much, like, tough titties, we're full, you, you gotta go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And the only other closest hospital was in Tacoma, Washington, which was a 37-minute drive outside of rush hour, mm-hmm. but it's like 5 in the morning. So we're catching morning traffic. So what's a 37-minute drive is now a one-hour and 26-minutes drive. And she's full labor. She's been pushing for five hours. Dom, it's, it, it's I can't I can't put it into words. The whole experience was like it was really like a, a acid trip. It really was. It really was. She she originally said that. She originally was the one that was like it felt like I was in a psychedelic experience. And, like, once I had the chance to calm down and think about the whole birth experience days later, I was like, dude, she was right. That shit didn't even feel real. It was fucking wild. It was so wild and so primitive and, like, instinctual. And it was it was just, it was so cool, man. It was so y'all did make it to the hospital? We made, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm fucking, Mario Andretti cutting off exits, going fucking 30. They're like, oh, don't get pulled up. I said, if anything, I'm about to get us an escort. <laughs> but, fuck. I'm sorry. It's like instinct to put my foot on that. I'm turning my table. I'm turning my chair. Sorry. There we go. That way I can, like, put my foot on you. All right. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> yeah, 
We finally whip it to the fucking, uh, the hospital, dude, and we get her there, and, uh, there was a lot of God stuff type happening, in my opinion. Um, mm. for, for a hospital experience, uh, I don't think I've ever been in a hospital and felt like the, the people taking care of me actually cared about me mm. that much. You know, and we had the, uh, the head nurse... Sherry, like she was like basically she only handles paperwork. She never actually does nurse shit on the floor. <laughs> she just happened to be on the floor and she just happened to come in with us and uh and she was the nurse for us and and it was wild, dude. We got her there and and they asked her, "What do you need?" And she said, "Pain management, sleep, something else." And uh they were like, "All right, let's do it." And they got it taken care of. We slept a couple hours, and uh, she woke back up and, and got to it, bro, and pushed for another two and a half hours. You know, she pushed like seven and a half hours or so straight, or seven and a half hours or so of pushing. And it was all, all together, it was like three or so days, three or four days of labor and birth. <laughs> and, uh, and she did it, man. She did it. The doc, the doctor come in, and he's, of course, trying to cover his ass, so he's advocating for oh. a C-section. And uh, it was funny, because so she's a midwife, so she knows, like, all the uh, all the medical stuff around her. And the, the doctor's like, oh, I think you got a nine-pound baby in you, just judging from the way you look and how difficult this has been. And, and he's like, uh, I think you should get a C-section. And she's like... She hits him with, like, well, doesn't the uh, blah, 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 like, the uh, Association of Medical People, doesn't the blah, blah, blah only suggest a C-section for babies 11 pounds or more? <laughs> and he's, like, you could tell he was, like, he was kind of pissed off on a slick. And he was, like, well, yeah, but, and she's, like, well, didn't you just say I only have a 9-pound baby? And he's, like, well, yeah. And she's, like, well, then why is that? Why are you even bringing that up? And it, well, also, you know, you've been laboring for it. It was so funny. It was so funny. Like she, she was stumping him up. Like not, not being a bitch about oh. it. Like she was just, she was just like, look, I know what it is. I know right. you want a C-section so that your ass is covered. Um, and if it wasn't for that nurse Sherry, bro, um, she more or less talked to us after the doctor left because we told him we wanted time to talk options. And she more or less was like, you have other things here that you didn't have at home. Mm. And you have time. You can still try and still have a vaginal birth and still have the birth that you want uh, without a C-section. And and I think you can do that. And I think that using, like, Pitocin and an epidural and, you know, things like that... um, you can give birth, and, and sure enough, she she kind of more or less talked us into it, and so we did. And she pushed a couple more hours, and she got she got the birth that she wanted. Mm-hmm. It wasn't out of hospital, but it was it was amazing. And they got yeah. pictures. I can pull up a fucking picture, bro. And I'm crying. It's so like, it's raw, dude. It's like oh. my, my child is is out and like being given to her, and uh, I'm fucking crying, bro. Because I'm so happy. <laughs> it's wild. Hold on for a little bit.
that shit, son. Damn. That's fucking, that's, that's real. That's pure emotion. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. I look at That's it. That's really awesome. Like, like the the you weird. Dude, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like the weird kind of man pride in me. It's like, uh, but then like I look at it, I'm just like, man, that was one of the, that was the greatest moment of my life. You know, right. and that picture, it, it shows it. I don't know if the camera can see it. That's it. That's the that's the picture. <laughs> I don't know if we can see. <laughs> that was it. So yeah, uh, to answer whatever the last question was, that's that's my answer. <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna talk about some light skin, dark skin. Light skin, dark skin. Come on. As we vote witness from social media to everyday life, racial tensions have been escalating since the George Floyd situation. What is your take on all of that? My take is that racism is a systemic thing. And anything systemic takes a lot of time and a lot of progress. Um, I fully believe that um, police brutality mm. is, is excessive. At the same time, I'm not a cop. I'm not in those shoes. I know what it's like to work long, strenuous hours, with lack of sleep from being a fisherman, but I don't know what it's like to have to serve the public mm. in that condition. Which, with that said, you know, that's, that's to say, like, maybe that's a problem with shifts that they have. You know, maybe they need to fix the way that... that they come on shit or how long they have to work you know that's a whole thing anyway um I think that uh what's happening now these days with racism is nothing new and I think it was it was actually like Will Smith or something like that that said it but he said uh racism it was something along the lines of like racism isn't new it's just being recorded now mm. you know and, that, and that's that's a powerful thing yeah it's like within my mom's lifetime bro she she remembers desegregation of schools in right. Florida you know what I'm saying right. that shit wasn't that long ago that, that uh, you got rights right you know so it's like to sit here and think, and that's the thing no one no one wants to commit horrible atrocities and then one day change it to where that's not happening and then have to take responsibility as well on top of that. You know, they want to change it and feel like, all right, y'all got rights. Why are you upset now? We're good. You got, you got what you want. Yeah, true. You know, and it's like, there's so much more than that. Dude, there's, there's called uh, intergenerational trauma. It's Mm. a, it's a true statistic within black women. And black men, too. Uh, black men have higher rates of uh, heart disease and high blood pressure and mm. things like this. And they have actual studies, like Harvard-done studies, right. that have proven that um, through systemic racism, black people stress more. 
and that causes them to have more health factors. Right. You know, black mothers have more um, death rates at birth than white mothers do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, it has to do with systemic things. It has to do with the systemic racism, the intergenerational uh, trauma. And then it also has to do with uh, medical, too. Right. You know, if you, if you got something that's a systemic issue, then medical is system. That's a system. Right. You know, so of course they're not getting treated 100% equally. Oh, yeah. You know, a, a, a black mother, they, they, they also had another study, and I only knew this stuff, once again, because my old lady, uh, this is her line of work. So I'm privy to these kind of uh, things. And uh, they have another study where black mothers, you know, are less believed when they say that they're in pain during birth. Like, people, doctors assume that they're wanting drugs as opposed to, like, legitimately in pain. Right. You know? And it's like, it goes, and when it comes to, like, birth world, the, um, the doctor of gynecology, like, the father of gynecology was a terrible person, man. He used to practice gynecology and came up with the practice of gynecology on slaves. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't give them any type of uh, anesthetic or anything. He would just do terrible, terrible, terrible mm-hmm. things to uh, black women, black slaves. And uh, that's where the, the, the field of gynecology came from. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where it stemmed from. And so it's, it's been a systemic thing. It's always right. going to be a systemic thing until people start to, to think differently. And, and like we were talking about earlier, love to start right. thinking in a compassionate way and hold space for the things they don't necessarily... Even though you said that, um, I probably told you that before, but my mom had a baby first that died. She had seven total, but she had a boy, and it was the original Harold. And, um, yeah, he was born before my sister. And... She fully had the baby, and she'll talk about it if you, like, ask her inside, but she, um, she had the baby, and she said the baby was, like, a fully healthy baby, but, like, when they took the baby in her room, and when it was time to, like, go out there, they said the baby was dead, and Uh, to this day, there's, like, no reasoning on what happened. You know, that's, and so SIDS, Yeah, she said, she said they did something, so it's just, like, something happened or whatever. I, I wouldn't put it past it, man. That's the thing. It's there, there's a change happening. Yeah. It, but I feel like it's it's because of technology, to an extent, it's getting fucked up. Right. I feel like BLM was really starting to get taken serious. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as a movement, and then everybody comes in and starts doing the fucking rioting, and it's not BLM. It's not BLM. Yeah. Dude, they have motherfuckers that fly from other parts of the United States yeah, I see. just to come loot and and riot. It's it's a fucking it's a fun action. <laughs> it's right. It's fun. Destroying shit is fun, dude. Generally like, your own shit. Like the Wendy's being burned down. They had a lot of people saying negative shit and it was like, oh, these people, these people and it turned out to be a white woman who was like a known she was known to go in different states and commit oh, yeah. the same fucking crimes. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's wild. And so for, well, okay, so me personally, I uh, I went and protested in Seattle 
at a BLM protest um, for George Floyd. And what you'll see all over the news is the the businesses being burned and broken into and, and fucked up, which I don't agree with. Mm. I don't agree with that. These people are local business owners. This is this is what they put their life to. You know, this, this is their dream. This is their playing in the NBA is to have this shot. You know, imagine somebody playing in the NBA and somebody's mad at something that happened and they come up and hit you in the knee and tear your ACL. <laughs> You know, that's more or less what it is, taking like taking it to these local businesses. Yeah. And and so that I don't necessarily agree with, but um but anyway I was out there and, and, and that's what you'll see on the news, just everywhere. It's all this destruction and shit. But you won't see what I saw, which was <clears throat> there was one block where there was people being nasty and ugly to the police that were just standing there, standing guard. Um and then the eighty percent of other people that I was involved with was was around this uh, this stage that had leaders from the black community coming and talking, mm. and they were and they were speaking, man, and they were speaking some really heavy shit because it's like <clears throat> they were sitting there. First and foremost, they addressed the black people there. You know, and these are the reverends. These are the leaders of the local yeah. NAACP, you know, uh, organization. And, and people like that. And they're addressing the, the uh, black community. And they're like, we need to clean up our side of the street. We need to stop selling each other poison. We need to stop killing each other. We need, to, and, and it was wild because this is not what I see on TV. Right. It's not what I expected. You know, uh, and, 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 and then they turn to white people. I mean, y'all need to take y'all's fucking knees off our necks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like y'all take care of y'all shit too. You know, you can't you can't turn a blind eye to this shit because mm. you're 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 more or less doing it then. Right. And it was real powerful, dude, because it wasn't violent. It wasn't this craziness that you see on the the news, bro. It mm. wasn't. You know, Seattle got wild. They got their autonomous zone and took over a precinct. I'm not gonna say that shit didn't happen. It did. It was. I thought it was pretty funny. I didn't get a chance to go visit the autonomous zone. I was curious what. I was curious what was going down there, man. It sounded like a an interesting time. But uh, what I did see, man, was a, a lot of Americans coming together and, right. and focusing on what people are starting to really see now because mm. it's getting captured on video left and right. right. And then it's like, you got all these people um, that look at, and, 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 and that's the thing that blows my mind. It's like, BLM, like, all lives matter though. Right. Yeah, dude, I know that. Right. But, you know, we were supposed to be created equal in, in America and, and our lives didn't matter back in the 60s, back, back before the 50s, you know what I mean? So it's like, I can't, I can't give it that shit. Um, I seen something where it was like, um, to all lives matter, and it mentioned something about, um, it's similar to when they wrote the Constitution, and, that's um, exactly. and then there's, like, when they said, like, even about, like, all men being equal and stuff, and it was like, but even then... Obviously, all men were not equal. That's exactly what I was picturing in my head when I saw that. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's what I, that's what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, where in the Constitution it says men are created equal, the motherfuckers owned slave while they were writing that. Right. You know, so it's like, 
No, we haven't all been created equal here for a long time, and, right. and we've done a lot of great things. We've desegregated, we've killed Jim Crow laws, <laughs> you know, like, all stuff that we should have done, Right. you know, but there's a lot more to be done, and there's a, there's a lot more of, like, holding others accountable for the wrong shit that they do. Right. Like, look, Definitely. man, it's not, it's not cool. It's not right. Don't do it. Over the last few years, sports athletes have taken a nil to protest police brutality and racism in America. Some have deemed it great. Others have said it is disrespecting the flag. What is your stance on that? <coughs> My stance on it is that before Colin Kaepernick took a knee, they tried wearing shirts. Um, I can't. It's not coming to my mind right now, but there's been a bunch of other different types of protests right. that they've tried since way back Fergus, back in Ferguson. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, and even, but they they've tried. Mm. No one listened. So Colin yeah, Kaepernick, dude. Regardless of whether or not Colin Kaepernick was falling off as a quarterback and did it as a publicity stunt or, or not, it doesn't matter. Right. What it is is bigger than him, and people like to demonize him for it. And, and it's, to me, I've never served, much like I've never been a police officer, I've never served in the United States military. I've never gone to war for this country. Mm. So I don't know how they feel, but I do know a lot of people who have served. And I know friends of mine who have served that look at it, and, and it makes them sick to their stomach. Right, my dad did, and I already know how he felt. Well, and then I got other people that look at it in the sense of, that's why I serve. Right. That way they have the right to protest in ways that they want. I don't agree with the burning of the American flag, anyone Mm. who's burning it. But to kneel during the anthem, bro, that's like, no one listened until then. What's it going to take? The man didn't get violent. Right. You know, he just, he just did something you would notice. Right. And that's the thing, too. Everybody's like, oh, I'll be fine with a peaceful protest and oh. when they see riots. But then you're like, well. But we've been I? trying. We've been trying peaceful protest. Dude, we've been trying peaceful protest since y'all was lynching us. <laughs> you know? I say us, like. No, I know you mean. <laughs> <laughs> You know I got a little chocolate in me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's like, dude, we've been trying peaceful protests. Right. And, uh, it just, it didn't work. And Colin Kaepernick started something that worked. So, I don't knock the man. I don't, I don't right. find any issue with it. He's not, you know, he's not making faces or going out and explicitly being like, mm. fuck America or anything like that. He's, Pointing out that there's social injustices right. that need to be looked at, that need to be dealt with. Yeah, definitely. That way we can be the best version of America that we, we can be. Right. You know. Now we're going to take another political dive. What are your personal political views? I did a Facebook quiz the other day. So I'm going to base it off that. Because if it's on Facebook, it's the truth. 
<laughs> it placed me close to Gandhi. <laughs> on, on like a political spectrum. I would agree with that. It was it was pretty cool. I was pretty I was alright with that uh that outcome. Um not too not too authoritarian not so liberal that I want guns taken away. Right. You know, I I, I am registered as independent. Mm. I've voted libertarian the last two elections. Right. Um, <clears throat> two is yeah, yeah, last two elections. Um, more or less, I believe in, in individual freedom and individual rights, mm. you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that we should be able to bear whatever arms we want, I like that guy that did the, uh, the killdozer, mm. you, you remember that guy, <laughs> he, he couldn't buy a tank, and so he just made one and took out half a city, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good, but, um, you know, I just, I believe in, in individual rights. If you have the right to be gay, if you want to get married and be yeah, gay. Yeah, just look free. Get it, yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, tax is something that, for me, um, I used to be really against heavy taxes. And I'm mm. starting to kind of come around to a little bit more of a liberal standpoint on it. And uh, I was telling you earlier, it's it's because where we grew up, the the politics here have been corrupt since way before right. UAP law. So it's like when we pay extra taxes, we know where it's going. It's, it's going to kickbacks and other people's pockets. Yeah, because they still got the same potholes on fucking Rampart that's been there since the '60s. You know, <laughs> so. Um, but where I moved to in, in Washington, it, they, it's a more liberal state, heavily taxed, uh, things are more expensive, minimum wage is higher, mm. so minimum wage is twelve fifty there, so uh, cost of living is a little higher, um, but man, it's, it's, it's so worth it, because yeah. it's like, um, we go. I, I go out, and the, sh- the streets are nice and paved. I don't worry about my car taking a beating just from oh. driving. Um, they got sidewalks paved. They got bike lanes. They got the crosswalks for pedestrians. They got lights and stuff like right. that. Traffic circles. You know, they got uh, <clears throat> so many different types of parks. They got public parks for kids. They got regular public parks. They got parks for hiking. All types of different trails. You know, they got a lot of tax money funded stuff, and you can see it, mm. and it's tangible. And so, it makes you feel a lot better about right. the taxes that you're being told you're paying. Right. So, um, I think taxes within reason, if, if they're being allocated in the right directions, are, uh, are very good. But also, I feel like if, if there was like a total libertarian type of utopia that we lived in and I'm sure that people would band together and right. pave roads or turn you know you know not volunteer firemen right. and you know I'm sure that we could get along without Big Brother and right. it was done at right. one point and uh, I think 
industrialization and, and the advances in technology and shit like that have, have mm. aided in uh, Big Brother becoming Big Brother. Right. Are you satisfied with what our current president is doing for America? <laughs> um. Now on to <clears throat> some mental health questions. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't do it for me. Somebody else I think could do it for me better than he could, but that's why I didn't vote for him. So yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. <laughs> oh. People today <clears throat> seem to be struggling with mental health now more than ever. I know you went through some tough times also, so I must ask you, how is your mental health currently? Well, mental health currently is, uh, is great. Um, I've had issues with uh, depression a long time, like consistent depression, and I and uh, it hadn't been since I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, when I stopped drinking a couple years ago, uh, I don't experience depression really anymore. Um, that being said, uh, there was there was like a period in my life where I was just real bad off, drinking a lot, and, and uh, ended up trying to commit suicide. So. Uh, depression is a real issue, and mental health is a real issue, mm. and it's something that I think that is, there's not a, I can't tell you what could be done about it, but I can tell you that I don't think there's enough done about it. Yeah. I don't think there's enough resources <clears throat> allocated to it, and I don't oh. there's enough done about it. How is your self-esteem? I would say great. I like me. I'm pretty good. <laughs> um, Everybody need a little bit of Kanye in them. <laughs> <laughs> wild. Ky- Kanye, wild and, and eccentric. And God. That's that motherfucker there. He's wild, man. But, uh, yeah, man, my self-esteem is good. I, I think that... Uh, in general, I'm a good human being, I'm a good man, I'm a good partner, and uh, I'm a great father. And so that, that definitely helps to keep my self-esteem up. Um, I'm applying for jobs. I don't have a steady job at the moment, but uh, I'm applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. So when I get back home and get a job, I know that's always giving me a lot of work. Right. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel right. good. Definitely. Stable, mm-hmm. making money. Right. What makes you the most happiest in life? Daughter. <laughs> my daughter, yeah. Yeah, my daughter and, and uh, our family union, our unit, whenever we're doing things together, uh-huh. waffle, tiny dude, waffle and adventure fucking Sunday. That's the best. <laughs> That's the best. When you go to Georgia, Buy a waffle iron. Oh, I should have got you a fucking waffle iron for your birthday. <laughs> you might... I'm going to have to get one. You might be able to pour some, like, uh, <laughs> waffle mix on the George <laughs> Foreman. 
and press it into a big fucking like flat patty. Come up with a new waffle. But yeah, man, do waffle Sundays and uh, get the trap all or the um, the app All Trails. All, all right. Trails. It, it shows you all the types of trails that are around you in the area. The difficulty, the map, it shows you mm. like a map of it. Um, it tells you the elevation gain and, and decline and uh. everything. It's a great app. I love that. <laughs> so. And, oh, that's the coolest thing, man. We live, we live on the, like 16 acres, and so there's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of berries that grow. And so I go out and I harvest uh, all these berries and freeze them. Uh. And so... That's what we do on Waffle Sunday. Is Y'all I, put them on? Oh, fuck it right. Oh, I cook <laughs> them in there, man. I like the, the huckleberry and uh, thimbleberry. The huckleberry <laughs> and thimbleberry together. That's the shit. You thinking about it now. Oh, dude. I miss Waffle Sunday. I miss my old lady and I miss my daughter. I love being here visiting people uh, or visiting my family and oh. seeing them since I live so far away now. But uh, And honestly, I thought it wouldn't feel like I thought I wouldn't miss him this much. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound fucked up, but I figured I'd be a lot more occupied uh, right. mentally with family and visiting. So. Yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, man, I miss him. So yeah, I can't wait to get back in quarantine, and then after two weeks of quarantine, <laughs> <laughs> real shit, I'm gonna have to do it. Uh, two weeks of quarantine, and then oh I'm yeah, from flying life. in, huh? Yeah, flying. How do they monitor that? I monitored it by... I just wore a sweatshirt. That way I had a hood on. I wore my shit in like a tight bun. And wore uh, one of those N95 masks. Uh Super, super close to your face or whatever. Um, And some jeans. And as soon as I got to New Orleans, I went straight to a bathroom and change my clothes mm. and then uh, put the clothes and, and the mask in a bag oh, in my bag and so uh, basically just do the same thing but not not I probably won't really have to this time because uh, they're going to drive her and her mom are going to drive my truck and her car to the airport that way the mom and her can drive back and I can drive back in the truck by myself oh You've also had um, substance substance abuse issues in the past. I know you can't talk about much, <clears throat> but what was that like as far as enduring the struggle, the pain it caused, and overcoming it? I know uh, I'm a I'm in a real deal alcoholic, you know, and I'll always be that. There's no there's no necessarily overcoming it. There's progressing mm. from from what I was. Right. Uh, and it's it was it was a ride, man. It was just I got out of high school and went to college and didn't really care about school, and so uh, I was treated like a big party. And you know, at that point, getting shit faced and fighting and shit like that in clubs was like oh. I was over eighteen. It wasn't a slap on the wrist anymore. It was you're going to jail. Right. You know, so it was just from the time I graduated high school. To so like a decade later, it was just uh, partying a lot and, and uh, in and out of jails and, and uh, institution, mental institution, um, disappointing my, my parents. That was the worst. Mm-hmm. Every, every time 
I used to look at my parents. I could see just how disappointed they were just by looking at me. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard for me. And so uh, I uh, I saw treatment and I found help in a, in a 12-step program. And it's done wonders for me, man. It's, it's really improved my spiritual life. It's improved my family life. Um, I can be the man that uh, I always wanted to be because I'm not holding myself back with, uh, with alcohol and, and the types of shit that don't matter. So it's, it's been a it's been a long journey, and um, you know I'm still paying off some debts that I owe, and and uh, it's been a lot of um, amend making with different people. Um, so it's been very, very humbling, and uh, it's been a blessing for me, man. Twelve step program has been a blessing for me. I'm glad you made it. <laughs> <laughs> and it only gets better. It only gets fucking better. How does it feel living in a state where Mary Jane is legal? <laughs> I love it, man. Um, although I don't drink, I am an advocate of marijuana. Uh, I've always thought that to, like, Louisiana, for example, they have the three-strike law, and you can really technically get life for having a plant, mm. you know, and that just, like, blows my mind, and, uh, I mean, marijuana is, is everything from the, the THC, which has the psychoactive effects, to the CBD, which has, uh, beneficial effects for healing, to the hemp plant itself, which can be used to make clothes, textiles, um, paper, mm. you know, the, the hemp can be, hemp can be used to make right. a lot of things, and it really, it takes like five months or so in a big field to grow enough to really be worthwhile, mm. you know, you, they, they can, they can convert hemp into a few, you know, and so... The idea to demonize, um, it, it, it just all stems from the war on drugs, the, the, Reagan, the Reagan war on drugs, you know, yep. say no, just say no, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that weed can't be harmful, um, you can't get intoxicated and drive and, and hurt somebody or yourself, mm. you can get lung cancer from smoking anything. If you're putting smoke in your lungs, you can get cancer. Uh, you know, uh, some people, uh, it's it's not physically addicting, but some people do get severely mentally addicted to marijuana and, you know, spend all their money on it. And, and mm. Their life becomes unmanageable. Oh, yeah. Much like mine did with alcohol. And so... Uh, I think living in a place where it's accepted and, and uh, loved and, and used me medically, you know, it's like a lot of people don't, they, they have a lot of veteran, where I'm at, they have a lot of homeless people, mm. big homeless population in the West Coast, and um, they have a lot of veterans, man, like, that are homeless, and they have a lot of PTSD, and it's like, they can go get a medical card from the store and go to a weed shop and get some weed and, and it, it 
calms them down. Right. You know, you've I've heard somebody else, oh, fuck, I think it's Richard was talking on, on here, but one of the other guests that you had was talking about um, how marijuana and CBD stop seizures, you mm. know, and, and it's like, it's just proven stuff, scientific stuff. It's proven. Mm. And so, overall, I think marijuana is uh, a lot more beneficial than it is harmful. Um, and it's got a lot more uses other than just to get high mm. when, when, when used in those ways. Yeah, um, So, I love it. I love living in the state. I love the fact it's it's a 44% sales tax on weed. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're paying 44 cents on the dollar. But, uh, you know, it's, it's nice that I can do that instead of, you know, going to jail or being on probation or all the dumb fines and, you know, right. what is it, uh, drug court and shit. Yeah, that's just because I, <laughs> I smoke a plant, you know. Yeah, those taxes definitely all better than having a criminal record and yeah. paying court fees. Well, that's the thing, dude. It's like they have um, highways and roads that are adopted by mm-hmm. these marijuana shops. So it's like the, the weed and the money from weed right. is literally keeping the place I live clean. Right. You know, or helping to. Um, and, and then the government gets their cut. I know uh, back when Colorado was the first one to legalize marijuana I think it was like the first three years the state made so much money in taxes mm-hmm. that they literally had to give money back to the people of yeah I remember reading that is that like you yeah. know that's what I'm saying we got we got all this issues with not being able to feed the homeless and shit like that and right. marijuana is bringing in state revenue like that you know it just doesn't make sense Every, just like somebody else on your podcast everybody benefits Oh yeah, that hey. was that was Jarrell. <laughs> Jarrell, uh, Jarrell, okay. Shout out, what's up, my boy? <laughs> what is something in life that you are the most curious about? Religion, spirituality, and religion. So my cousin uh, Chase, he went to FSU and graduated with a degree in theology. Hmm. And I was just talking to my mom about this today. Um, I would love to go to school for theology, but there's no job on the other end of that. So, um, but the idea of, I just, I I really am intrigued by different people's understanding of God, interpretation of God. You know, Christians call God, God. Muslims call him Allah. Hindus, Krishna, Krishna. Um, then you got what? Uh, Buddhism. It's, there's no necessary God, but then you got the Buddha, who's the most enlightened, spiritual, closest to God that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of different religions, uh, more or less, preach the same kind of message, which is right. you know, do unto others as you'd have done. You know, and, and be good, and, and mm. I am my brother's keeper, and things like that. So I feel like um, we in the human experience are a lot more interconnected through God than we think. Mm. Because since the beginning of time, wars have been fought over whose God is, is God. 
right? And it's like, we're all praying to God. Right. We're just calling it by a different name because we're from different places. Mm. So it's like, to me, it's, it's just really interesting the different beliefs that, that people have and philosophies that people have. And, and um, I feel like I gain personally as a human being to be able to have an open mind and like I'm not real religious so mm. it's it's really it's really easy for me to take in everything from a religion and kind of like take what I like and leave the rest right and so that's why different religions intrigue me because it's like I feel like I can self progress through different types of enlightenment mm. you know without having to subscribe right, right. And, and it's great I'm extremely spiritual. I believe in a higher power of my understanding, and I choose to call God. Um, but it's not that of my God. It's not that of any certain religion. Right, right. Or maybe, maybe it is. <laughs> I'll never. I'll know. I don't know. I'll know at the end. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll figure it out. What is one thing that you can't live without? One thing I can't really uh... Man, that's a hard one. I don't think that there's anything that I couldn't live without. Um... There's certainly a lot of things that I would never want to live without. Mm-hmm. Um, family, love. Um, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't want to live I don't know, maybe sex. I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very sexual being, so maybe sex. Maybe I couldn't live without sex. Good answer. That's a, that's a, that'd be a hard one. But uh, for the most part... I can I can live without a lot. If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would you choose? Oh, that's close to one of my questions. <laughs> um, any three people, dead or alive. Bob Marley, for sure. Um, just watched a Netflix documentary on uh, Robert Kennedy. I'd be pretty interested in, yeah, in sitting and talking with him. He he seemed like a really cool guy. I like him. <clears throat> um, so who we got at the table? We got Bob and we got the other Bob. Bob Kennedy, Bob Marley. Anyone dead or alive? Who's somebody alive on a show and eat dinner? I'm 
Morgan Freeman. That's a good one. That's good dinner conversation. Yeah, that is. Dude, that's a smart man. <laughs> I would love to pick his brain. That'd be fun. If you had to choose any character from a movie or a book most similar to you, who would who would it be? the general public would say Aquaman. <laughs> oh. They have a uh, they have a character named Hank in these uh, this trilogy of books I read once about uh, commercial fishing in Alaska. Oh, what was yeah. the name of it? Uh, the first book was Highliners. The second book was Breakers. And the third book, I never read the third one. Fuck, I can't remember the third one. But um, not necessarily remind me of me in the sense of like the things that I've done in Alaska because. I've only done a small, I've done one thing, you know, same, that's it. Mm. Um, and in the book, you know, this cat does every different type of thing. He, he, he did what a lot of people do do, like people who don't have uh, ties to home or anything, they'll go up there and they'll chase the seasons. So like during the saining season, they'll sane, and then when that ends, it's long line season, and then when that ends, it's crabs, and then, oh. you know, so... They just sit there and chase boats. And so uh, that was kind of more of what the character did. And, and then he made a life for himself in Kodiak, Alaska, and uh, became a captain of his own. But uh, the way that the character carried himself and was, was a lot like me. Super uh, intrigued and motivated and a love for the sea. Um, oh. And uh, a man of like value, principles, principles oh. and values. So, how would you like to be remembered? How would I like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered more for the merit of my actions mm -hmm. than anything that I'll ever build or own or have. You know, I have dreams of being a business owner and doing certain ventures, and that'll be great things to have. And right. Oh, that's that guy that, that became successful, you know, and that's kind of great, but I'd rather be, like, you know, oh, that's that guy that, that went out his way to help another human being, uh -huh. you know, so. What's the most embarrassing thing your parents have caught you doing? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a tie between masturbating and sex. 
remember one time uh, my mom walked <laughs> on me baiting on a PC back in the day. Back in the day when we used to use PCs and the whole screen was Yeah, lit up. I remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, so she come in and I'm just like, Ooh. <laughs> And uh, that was all good. I like start clicking stuff and grilled in a computer freezing. Oh, man. It was on long. Yeah, we had LimeWire, so we were constantly giving our computer aids. But, uh, yeah, and then they had another time when I was in high school and me and my girlfriend... I won't say her name where in my room and uh, we were getting 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 at it and my mom like comes in my room without knocking and so like I pull the blankets over us and we were like spoon style. And uh I'm a terrible liar. I can't lie with the fuck. And so she comes in and Oh, I'm going to sleep. Make sure you lock up when you leave. It was good seeing you. Y'all have a good night. And, like, she could just see it on my face. Like, something. I was like, oh, good night. <laughs> and she's, she's like, what are y'all doing? I'm, like, watching a movie. She's just like, take the blankets off. And I was like, no. <laughs> and she pulled the blankets back. Boy, I'll tell you what. That'll make it go limp quick. That was embarrassing. <laughs> when you were younger, what was your favorite porn category? When I was younger, what was my favorite porn category? Yeah. <laughs> oh, when I was younger, it's always. <laughs> I got a, I got like a, a kink about fluids, so it's always been the squirt. I was that I went through that face. That's that not a phase for me. That's life. That's that's fucking four L, son. That's a fetish. That ain't a phase. But uh, yeah. So I guess it, it all started with that. It's snowballed into some pretty weird shit in there. <laughs> I went through the BBW too. <laughs> the BBW, oh, that's nice. Yeah, big girls need loving too. I've, I've made love to a few larger women in my day. I did too. Good, man, that's good. Just alcohol was involved. Man. It was always alcohol involved. <laughs> it was always the catalyst. But it still made somebody's night. Yeah, it did. <laughs> You're welcome. Chick-fil-A or Canes? Dude, fuck Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A sucks. Chick-fil-A is evil. I don't understand why the fuck everyone loves Chick-fil-A so much. I- I've eaten there a couple times in my life, and it's nothing to write home about. I don't fucking understand Chick-fil-A. You like Canes better than Chick-fil-A? I like Canes better than Chick-fil-A. You ain't shit. They're fucking, they're anti-gay, dude. They hate gay people. They literally take money that they make and fund anti-gay causes. I don't fuck with that, man. Anyone who can't openly enjoy some chicken nuggets and a dick, that's not cool. 
if, the, if a dude wants some dick and some chicken nuggets, let him have some chicken nuggets. And they're not open on Sundays. What kind of yeah, shit I don't is like that? that? Guess who is open on Sundays? Canes. They always got you. Their chicken ain't that seasoned. It's not that it great. Ain't. But the fucking sauce is great. And they're open on Sundays. And they don't hate gay people. So fuck Chick-fil-A. Got a lot of malice for Chick-fil-A. I literally, I don't, I'm, I don't eat there. You really don't? No, I don't. I don't. I do not support Chick-fil-A. I will not give them a cent. I stopped there one time because I was starving. It was the only fucking thing on the exit. And I'm not going to lie. The spicy chicken sandwich was all right. Yeah, yeah. That's my go-to. It was pretty good. But it's hard to fuck up a spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> Breeze or Brady? Breeze. <laughs> it's a goat, man. I think this is the only guy that consistently breaks records every year. And people somehow pick Brady over him. I don't understand it. Would you rather be naked in public forever or wear clothes 24-7 for the rest of the world? Is it accepted that I'm naked in public? Yeah. Oh, naked. Absolutely. You know, you got you gonna you gotta look at me and say that when your mom's not here. You don't walk around the house naked. Oh, you already know how I live. Feel the leather on your ass cheeks. You already know how I fucking live my life. Exactly. Yeah, 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 Borat outfit and all that. Yeah. If it was up to me, we would still be living like before Adam and Eve. (laughs) We could do it, dude. We could fucking do it. People just need to stop sexualizing everything. Dude, I say the same thing whenever I do it and people be like, oh my God, I'm like, people in other countries live like this. (laughs) Dude, people go to the beaches nude. Mm-hmm. And they have little kids playing in the water right there. My old boss told me he went to, um, I forgot where he went. I don't think it was Europe, but he was like, I was so amazed that they had uh, topless chicks and their mom and dads was walking on the beach with them. Yeah. And he, he was like, it kind of threw me off. And I was like, yeah, but you got to look at the American way and then other it's, ways. That's a Western culture, man. It's Would you rather give <coughs> Would you rather give pleasure or receive pleasure for the rest of your life? Like I could only do one or the other yeah. for the rest of my life. And that's not just like sexual, that's in general. Yeah, just everything. Give or receive pleasure. Give, give is the is the selfless answer. Yeah, but of course, as a human, I want to receive right. pleasure. So I know what the right answer right. is. Right, you want to be selfless, but I want to be selfless. There still is that selfish part in there. Like, there is. There is. What about me? What are you, What are you doing? Are you giving or are you taking? I would probably, (laughs) I mean, 
like you said, the right thing would be to give. Yeah, you're a taking ass motherfucker, bro. You want <laughs> you want pleasure. You like the uh, the fucking uh, what is it? The uh, festivals and shit. Woo! Imagine never enjoying a festival again. Imagine being at a festival and everybody's like, "Oh, I'm with Molly. Look, let's have fun!" And you're just like, "This is great." That's not Harold. No, you it's both, not. no, that's not Harold. <laughs> Would you rather have sex with the first person you ever did it with, or with the last person you knew? Would I rather have sex with the first person or the last person that I had sex with? Last person, for sure. Good answer. <laughs> this is the mother of my child. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, so the the first person that I lost my virginity to is kind of special because she's she's no longer alive. Oh. She died, and so I just had to think about that. It's like. I haven't seen her talk. Because, I mean, if we're being intimate, there's going to be some pillow talk after. Right. So, I haven't talked to her or seen her in a long time, and she's been dead. And so, that, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about, like, her being dead as opposed to, like, hmm, is someone better than my, my woman? <laughs> I love making love with the mother of my child. She is the best. <laughs> And my choice, number one. <laughs> Alright, now the real question. Popeyes or Chick-fil-A? Well, Popeyes or Cane, since you hate Chick-fil-A. Fuck Chick-fil-A. <laughs> uh, Popeyes or Cane's? Popeyes. Your choice. Easy. And the last one. Describe your friendship with Harry G. Yeah. I met you through, I met you through Samantha, really, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, we knew of each other. We'd probably been in parties and stuff together. But yeah. And, like, around each other. But, but we officially like, kicked it. Yeah, when well, we really, like, started kicking it and, like, yeah. got to know each other on a personal level. We, man, I was, I was intrigued because I always saw you, like, as this wild, goofy fucking dude who, uh... Honestly, I always thought, like, you were super attention-seeking. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, you would just be kind of, like, weird. Uh-huh. And then I met you, and you're this, like, down-to-earth, really uh, humble, funny, just <laughs> help people out for the joy. Like, that's, that's you receiving pleasure. You receive pleasure from helping people. So it's like... That's kind of a trick question for you in itself, uh-huh. that, that one question. But, um, you know, so it's like you were definitely attention-seeking, but not in the way that I thought. You know, it's just because right. that's genuinely your personality, and it's and it's not like a want for attention because you need attention. Right. It's just that you're a great fucking guy, and so people give you their attention. Oh. Uh-huh. You know, so... Yeah, man, I, I, I love our dynamic. I love any time that we get to hang out and uh, and talk and, and even, you know, being apart. We, we make it a point to, to text each other here and there and mm-hmm. and just check in, man. And, and to me, that's something really special because there's, there's a lot of people I've known for a lot longer than you right. that I went through a lot more with personally 
than you that don't. That, that mm. I, but I don't don't even talk to them anymore. Just because we're apart. So you're definitely, in my opinion, someone I really care about and somebody that I make it a point to reach out to right. and talk to and so you know, it's because I like you, man. You're a good you're a good human being. Mm. Good shit. Good shit. <laughs> Is that that was it? That was all yours? Feel free.